I know there's no city, yeah, but you know, boys are back. World Cup's going on. Crazy Juve shit going on. But I'm glad to finally get a pod together with more than two members. So we got Mike, Galano, and Rocco here to discuss not only World Cup that's going on. We're talking about the Juve scandal that just got released a couple days ago. And also how Serie A players are performing in the World Cup. But before any of that, before any of that, we got to recap how our standards are looking now that we technically are at a proxy mid-season form right now of the Serie A. So I'm going to put it to you guys to guess who's at the bottom of the table. Oh, yeah. Rocco's Julio. Mike, what's your oh, yeah. guess? You said Julio. Come on, what's your guess? I know the answer. I'm not going to. I peeked it on your screen. Can you can you get closer to the mics? So I looking? peeked it on your screen. I'm not. Right, so I'm not gonna guess. You're not gonna guess. All right. Well, you guys are both wrong. It's Galano who's in last place. <laughs> I'm also just too embarrassed to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so Galano right now has ten points. Rocco, uh, Rocco, you, you Rocco Mike. Losing to a kid who just found out, <laughs> just found out what Manchester United is. Well, I mean, he's not the only one because you both are losing to Julio too in the standings because you guys are both tied with fourteen. Julio has a three point cushion on. All, on insane. both of you with 17. But at the top is obviously the greatest host this pod has ever seen. A nice 25 points, nice eight-point gap to end the, this part of City A. But, you know, I'm not going to say I'm smarter than you, but, like, the stats show I'm pretty much smarter than all of you when it comes to this stuff. Didn't you finish in last, last time? Second to last. Okay. Hey, man. That was our first year of the pod. I've learned. I've learned my ways. I Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know? Any cliche you want to add there, go right ahead. But speaking of Serie A, we got to talk about that Juve scandal. No one, and I mean no one, was happier than my fellow brother, Galano, when he found out that these charges came about. Galano, how do you feel about this whole situation going on? Personally justified. That's how I feel. Why so? I've been saying it for years. The true evil in this world is J Corporation. I'm not so, uh, <clears throat> no, I think there were rumors about this, you know, going along ever since uh, the Pjanic Artur swap and, and, you know, this whole Plus Valenza concept. Um, I'm actually taken aback by how severe it is and, you know, how they're well, they haven't, criminal. They, they haven't issued there a punishment. Are potentially yet. Yeah. criminal repercussions as a result. So that that is a surprise to me. Um, but, no, I think in jest, I'm not surprised, but in actual seriousness, I am surprised that it is it is this serious and that uh, it's getting the attention that it's getting. Well, to give color to why it's so serious, because there's essentially there's three, two to three major charges that are being done, right? There's one is the falsifying of invoices for player-related fees that technically didn't happen, but Juve had did that to show that there's actually income coming into the com- into the quote-unquote company, the club. That's one. Two was the misleading of wage cuts that were done because of COVID because Juve had reported they were going to do four months' worth of salaries to Juve players versus the, actual, the actuality, which is one month of salaries. And three is that they actually underwrote, they undervalued the amount of wages that are being paid to staff members when really the actual figures were higher. And it just came out either in the past couple of days or so that, sorry, the report came out a couple of days ago, but in September that they reported a loss of 254 million euros for the 2021-2022 season with a fifth consecutive year of a loss. 
So you have all these things coming up. And the main criminal charge is that they're using fraudulent accounting policies as like a grand scheme of all this. And so that's where a lot of people are hammering them saying there needs to be a criminal investigation to this because they can't, they couldn't get away with this. And obviously you've ever seen that they negotiated with the highest level of accounting principles and lawyers that helped them do it. But who knows at this point? My, this, this is all relevant because UVA is publicly traded. If they were uh, private, it would yeah, be a different story. The, the main issue was, is that the SEC of Italy went into investigating the situation and they found all these shortcomings and all these issues with it. What is it called? La, is it I, La Borza? No, I have it here. Give me one second. Um, Mike, Mike Italian equivalent? Yeah. We saw them looking for Agnelli when we were in Italy. Oh, God. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, of those indicted or of those charged, it's Agnelli, Nedved, Arrivabene, and 15 others that include Paratici, which is another situation because now he's at Tottenham. So how does that work out? Right? Like, is he He's hiding in England? Yeah. So <laughs> you have all that going on. The the shareholders meeting got postponed from December 27th to the 18th to choose a brand new board. And apparently what's rumored is that because Allegri isn't really affected by this, is that he's the only real senior figure technically there. I know they just hired a new president today, but they're saying that he now he has even more power to dictate not only what the team does, but also transfers, sporting director roles. So this is all, you know, part of my French, a clusterfuck of a situation that just sounds like it's getting a lot worse before it's getting anywhere close to being better. Mike? Well, I could just say I'm shocked. Like, who would have thought that a team that was picking their officials just a little over a decade ago would we still the, buying that narrative? take the outrageous step of lying on accounting fees? Who would have thought that could have happened? Yo, if you would have asked Mike three weeks ago if Calciopoli stuff was real, he would have been like, no. Only now with respect to piling it on. Not <laughs> <real>. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, not great. Not a good look. I don't know. We, we're still pretty unclear of what the penalties are going to be, right? For you, that not. Yeah, they the ha- they're still. So in the next week or so, they're going to actually have a date for, I think, an indi- when to indict and trial the guy, like the people who are charged. That's what the AP, that's what the Associated Press is reporting as of November 29th. So, you know, it's still, you know, time will tell. But there are some like damning things that I've read about what Juve have done. Like there's a direct quote from uh, the ABC News report that came out today. Juventus listed on the Milan Stock Exchange, which is also, which also opens its regulatory scrutiny by the Consub watchdog. The club CFO, Stefano Serato, was caught on phone tabs allegedly saying that if Consub questioned their moves, they would, quote, razzle-dazzle, end quote, the regulators <laughs> with fancy words according to leaks to the Italian media. <laughs> That's the most unyelly thing. That's amazing. That is, that is Razzle-dazzle them. <laughs> yeah. You know, the craziest thing that I, one of the, uh, there's, there's a lot of crazy things, but another crazy thing was the installments to Ronaldo that they were still being, that they're still paying That's under the I'm table. I'm so curious about. They keep saying, like, you keep seeing things about, like, the secret agreement yep. with Ronaldo. And I want to know what it was. Yeah, like a napkin. Isn't the big rumor that like everyone else took diminished pay and he was still making his? Well, yeah. yeah so it seems like nobody even really took diminished. Pay. Yeah, the diminished it pay paid cash. The diminished pay was only for they. Juve had quoted that the players were going to take a four month deduction of their salary. Like they were going to go without four months' pay. 
What really happened was they only went without one <clears throat> month's pay. So there's that lie right there. So what's the what they and that inflates the 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 value of the company. Well, it, less, it does because you're taking away your expenses from your top line. So that way you see that you're saving more revenue to apply other anywhere else and your income gets higher. But yeah, but the, I was like, but like if they obviously like they paid it out, it's like sketchier things. But wouldn't it also have been like a show of strength if they were like, we don't need to do this pay cut. We're just going to keep paying you like from a sporting project. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. You know, yeah, but they I mean, lied though. That's the problem. Like the problem is not like look we like look how exactly J strong we are. It's like we lied to investors. That's what the problem is. No, I get it, but like I'm just trying to you understand. understand why. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I have an MBA, but like thank you for. But like, do you understand what I'm saying? Stuff. Uh, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me why they would have gone through with that farce in the first place. So another thing I found out when reading these articles. ABC News uncovered something that I didn't know that happened. So apparently, if I'm reading this correctly, there was an initial investigation that happened earlier this year. And in August, Yuva had reached a settlement with the regulatory body to avoid more serious sanctions for breaches of financial which monitoring. Regu- which, regulator bo- which regulatory body? Uh, uh, let me just make sure. Is it the same Italian regulatory body? Yeah, okay. I think it's well, con- I think it's concept from what I'm seeing here. Like, I I think regardless, right? Like whatever the charges end up being, I just like I don't know. At this point, I worry about like the legitimacy of Juventus. At least within Juve, at least within Italy, that's a that's a real talking point right now. Is everyone just thinks that they're a, a sham club now with sham titles and things like do that? You, so do you mean financial? legitimacy or like reputational legit legitimacy i think both i think like a lot of people are saying like look they cooked books and that's why they won look like before that they fixed games and that's why they won like that's at least a lot of the shit that i'm seeing on on twitter and reddit and stuff like that um i don't think that that honestly will make a difference at the player level i just think it's kind of an an interesting thing to see because like i like what like 30 percent of italy is still Juve fans so it doesn't really matter but it's kind of interesting to see like the tide right now so i want to pose this as a question because i know we've lamented on this pot a lot where it's like we don't understand what they're not getting in terms of like how to run a club as tragic as this may be do you think that this is exactly what you've been needed to really be like, okay, let's write the ship let's figure this out or do you think this might be a little too big to just feed that cause you're uh, saying that like they're indirectly benefiting by having everybody. I'm saying, do you think that do you think that like, they would directly benefit from this, or this yeah. is this like but too like, hard? By having the directors be like yeah. forced out essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, absolutely. I think so, but at the cost of possibly ruining your reputation. I think that that right. reputational it would just get built up no matter what. The thing is, Calciopoli <laughs> is still joked about. It's still like it, it as we it, know it with was Julio. a serious issue. Like it. But that doesn't affect Juve's attraction to Italians. Yeah, and that was a much more egregious sporting um, uh, transgression, like transgression. So, in terms of their legitimacy, I think I think you know maybe it takes a, a hit for a year. But if you had to take a hit for a year to get rid of those, you're getting rid of an Agnelli, right? Like that's hard to do. Yeah. You need you need almost this perfect storm to do so. Elkin, yes, is an Agnelli, but not but not in name, 
right? He doesn't carry the last name. So mm-hmm. I think this is actually, this could be seen as a, as a positive for public approval in the long run. I think like for players, it ultimately won't matter, right? Like Juve is still going to have the money. They still have the titles. They don't really care what like Milan and Inter fans are going to joke about and stuff like that. Like they're just, they're there for the paychecks and it's still a team with prestige. So Mike and Rocco, I got a question for you guys from what you've read and, you know, assuming what we read is true, what would your punishments look like? Honestly, I have no idea. Like, I was saying to someone the other day, because originally I texted uh, one of my friends, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm seeing people say relegation. And then he's like, they're just going to get, like, a slap on the wrist. And honestly, like, it could be anywhere between, like, I don't know. Like, like you know, like, until we find out what actually happened, it's hard to rule out something and say, like, there's no way they'll get relegated because we just have no idea. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like not to sound like some Juve apologist and say like UEFA was out to get them, but like obviously they're not on good terms with UEFA right now anyway, trying to, you know, super league it up. But eh, I wouldn't be surprised if like there's some some harsh, at least financial sanctions levied on them, which, you know, could have some pretty rough implications over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mike? I think that there are going to be pretty tough financial uh, yeah. punishments on this. But, like, I, I do agree that, like, Juve's not – like, Juve's sort of flavor of the week for UEFA and has been for a bit. Um, I don't think that they should get relegated. That's just my opinion. Because I, and, like, honestly, like, I think the, the Calciopoli shit was way more egregious than this, right? Like, you're fixing matches to get, you know, you're you're directly benefiting that, preventing fitting from that in the table. This, like, yeah, like, they're getting better players and they're, you know, like, and they're benefiting from it. But, like, there's sort of more blurred lines here, I think, necessarily, right? The valuation standards were also not super clear and things like that. So... I would not be surprised that if they get banned from European competition for a couple of years, though. I think that that might be what the UEFA level penalty looks like. Is this all a plan by Andrea Agnelli? He wanted to get kicked out. <laughs> oh, my God. He's playing 4D chess. I think Mike hit it on the head, especially with, like, the, the – they didn't really gain a competitive sportsman advantage by, like, they didn't benefit winning Serie A because of it, right? Like this was more of like, we just want us to ourselves to look better as opposed to like, we are physically cheating to make us get better results to then win something. So I think relegation shouldn't happen. The, the way said, yeah, my work, they might do a point deduction just because when you finish lower in the table, you get less money. So that could be their quote unquote financial punishment as well. And then I think, especially with La Liga coming out to try to admonish the Juve name and try to get FIFA. <laughs> it made me want to defend yeah, Juve, honestly. To get, to get financial fair play involved. <laughs> but I think that you'll probably see similar to maybe like what a Chelsea ban was with their young players, that whole scandal, when they got, I think it was 18 months of UEFA competition. Yeah, transfer ban? Is like a, trans- oh, is a yeah. transfer ban. I think that they had, I was either Champions League or UEFA competition as a whole that they were banned from. I would see something similar to that. I know, I and I think that, that's 
pride justified. I think that could be of the harshest of the punishments. But, you know, me and Galano talked about this, and I like Galano to speak more about it, but it's like if financial fair play has any teeth, this is the opportunity to really show it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I said I said this earlier. Like, I think there will be some serious financial and perhaps criminal, not against, obviously, no, no criminal charges against the corporation itself, but against the, the board, and I think there will be some serious financial levies um, on, on Juve. Uh, what are the chances that they could just pull some levers? So that is why you mentioned that. <laughs> there you go. That's a... That's that's something that to consider. I, I did read today that John Elkin said there's not going to be a cash injection because the team doesn't need it. Well, he also has to worry about that's worth. you know XORs. What's that? Uh, he has to worry about XORs financials too. If, if John Elkin comes to run Juve, I'm legit scared. They're going to be some well-oiled super machine. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, what's this coming? XOR? XOR. XOR. Yeah. Apparently, he no, said that they had a quote in. five point four billion billion euro punch that they can deliver to anything. Is what he said in an earnings call. Your Fiat Chrysler. So, in terms of in Serie listen, no one would love to see Juve punished and relegated more than I would, but but this is not. I wouldn't even give a point deduction. This is not sporting. This is not. Would I even see it as like morally corrupt? I mean, this is something that you see on. Maybe it's a U.S. bias. I feel like we see this all the time. Like accounting for like an accounting issue, yeah. you know. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't view it as an issue at all. So, so like, we we spoke about like the club level sanctions, right? But I think like if I'm FIGC, I'm banning all of them from uh, banning all of the directors that are stepping down and were involved from this from ever participating in Italian soccer. Again. True. I think that that's not a ridiculous thing. I I agree, and I think Lotito's head of FIGC. Or he has like he's like a lot of power at FIGC, so you know he's licking his chops. Yeah. At this, yeah. so um, at the UEFA level, it's yes. If they had financial, if they if financial fair play has any teeth, this is like the time to show it. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of have this counter argument where like Barcelona's in the champ. Well, not anymore, thanks to yours truly. But they were in Champions League despite having these ridiculous financial issues, right? Like borderline. Uh, insolvency. Yeah, right? they had to hit twenty levers. To- and I'm about to say now they're even more insolvent. So Juve probably has more support, has more financial support than than Bar, or was more financially stable than Barca was. So that's the counter argument. That's the argument in, in Juve's favor. But I agree. Where I think, I think UEFA is going to come down hard on Juve because they are the flavor of the year or two for for UEFA. But UEFA and the FIGC or Serie A are not mutually exclusive. I think they will be interacting with each other. If you if UEFA doesn't come doesn't crack down hard, Serie A may crack that crack down hard, and vice versa. So I I'm curious to see how that works, the interplay between the two. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a good point because they both can cripple UEFA financially by hitting all the different channels that they have. Right, like a lot but, of UEFA. Sorry, go ahead. And like, sorry to interrupt, right? But like, crippling them financially, right? Like, as much as like, I'd love to get a juicy podcast out of that. Like, <laughs> I don't think that that's in anyone's best interest. Agreed. Right? No, like, I'm but, I, sorry. When I meant by cripple, I mean like more of just like tightening the the hose. That way, like a year they have, it's like okay, you have to actually like, earn this stuff back to us, right? Where it's like no no Champions League 
place next year, this year for them, I think is one way that they do it. Another way, it's like you can't even go into any UEFA competition. I think that's how they quote unquote financially restrict UEFA. This so sorry. No, I, I was just going to say, I, the one argument that I've hated from Juve supporters is you can't relegate Juve because it's bad for Serie A. I've, Moral I hazard. I cannot begin to express to you how ridiculously stupid of a take that is, and I've seen it all over Twitter. Especially since we saw that happen in 2006, and then guess what happened? They were fucking fine. Exactly. It, it, well, that, look, I mean, that's debatable. Like, would Italy's soccer be in the same place if... But I'm saying like that whole saying, scenario. Saying, oh yeah, Juve's fine now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm saying for for Serie A, sure. You know, you lose what? How many big games are Juve involved with a year? Six, whatever. They're like the the the, the moral hazard of that. Where like this this this. They are the most lucrative team in Italy. Italy. I don't think that's a debate. In India. <laughs> in Italy, they are, they are the most lucrative team in Italy. And I don't think that's that's debatable. However, if they mess up or 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 violate rules to the extent that they're worthy of being relegated they shouldn't be saved on name alone and that that i think creates moral hazards because then then the argument could be applied to anybody that contributes a high amount to the dollar of Serie A and i don't think that's that's right so i want i want to pose i want to pose another question now we've talked about like kind of the team as a whole and the presidents and kind of where they go from here are the players now up for sale for cheaper prices than what you've bought them at because of the financial struggles that are now apparent to potential buyers? And the things I've been seeing, obviously more like trolling and jokes, it's like, you know, Vlavic can now be bought for like two cigarettes and a panini, like stuff like that, right? Like in a more serious sense, do the players become cheaper now because Juve as an entity need more cash? I think that that depends entirely on the punishment, right? I I mean, you still have a 250-something million euro loss that you just have to make up somehow. What I was going to say, right, like it depends, right? Because if it's like, if it's like no Champions League, right, that's potentially, I I forget exactly what the figure is for like group stage Champions League. I think it's like if if you get as what? Like around 45, 50 million. Yeah, I thought it was around like 40, 50 million euro. Like, then I mean, like, that becomes, like, a legitimate, like, shit. We were counting on that, you know? So I, I think it depends what happens, especially, like, if it's, like, a two- or a three-year ban, potentially. And, like, we're, you know, we, we don't have <coughs> anything supporting that that's what it's going to be, but just, like, hypothetically, right? Like, if, if it's a, a hypothetical 100 million euro loss, like, you could see Vlaovic out on a fire sale. You could see Kez out on a fire sale. Yeah. You that strong enough, though, that I don't think that they need to do that. I think it would be more an issue of the players wanting out. Yeah, I think that if like what John Elkin said is you know true, then and they don't need a cash injection, I don't think they're gonna find Juve like two hundred million dollars. Like you're saying, like a more realistic financial punishment is like the downfall from not getting into the Champions League mm-hmm. and not having like that pot. Um, but like you were just saying towards the end, there is like Juve has always been a club, at least under Agnelli, where if a player wants to go, they let him go. They like try to find a good deal, but they let players go. And if you're like no Champions League for two years, well, then I think you would see probably like anyone who's at or near their prime definitely want out. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe Inter gets Bremer. So <laughs> it's going to come down to who loves the crest. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, the J. All the young guys will stay, right? Yeah. So, so I, they think. I, I was talking. I was talking to Glenn about this. I think. I think that as they funnel out all the, you know, all the directors, obviously they're all out already. I think what happens is you kind of have a, a two-year rebuild process again, depending on competition, and you establish the core of Kiesa, Flavich, the young guns, Meretti. You have Rovella coming back on loan. You have Arnokia coming back on loan. You have Bremer. You have Fajoli, who I think is good. Like you have these core pieces. Why don't you? go into the rebuild process with the guy, with these guys and be like, look, give us two years, we back at the top and we have all this young talent. And also they're mm-hmm. Italian talent. I think that that's a good thing. But then the cherry on top, I think what happens is because you're still tied to that Allegri contract of 10 million a year, when you're at that two-year mark after this, you let Allegri go and you get a new coach and you get someone that can take you over the level. I think that's what should be the end model for this team. I think yeah, for I think a lot that- of those guys, like, Two years is a long time, especially like Kiesa's yeah. 25 already. You know, like he he's should not be, a young kid. Yeah, he should be peaking. Wait, who is it that was saying that? It might have been. Oh, uh, it was uh, that was Napoli outsider. He was because like when Kiesa was like 24 and they just bought him, he's like, he's like, he's not a spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Napoli outsider. Yeah, but even like two years from now, you're entering 27, which is most soccer players' is absolute peak. Yeah, but so, like you got when you're on one A right? Because like if he wants to go and go play Champions League today, then then he goes. And I think that like in an ideal world, you're like, yeah, you know, build around these young guys and let them play. And if if they do well, then you're still on track. But then if if you're counting on these young guys and they're not good, it's not like when Juve got relegated, it's like, yeah, Marquisio can play every day now because we just need to get promoted and we're mm-hmm. good enough to get promoted. It's like you got to be sort of there or thereabout in two years, like within striking of like top four to attract players to come in anyway, because no one's going to want to play on like a mid table team. Yeah. No, like I, no top players. I, I think what you'll see is, so let's assume it's champions league band mm-hmm. band, right? I think you'll see a lot of veterans leave. I don't think you're going to see a lot yeah. of, I, I think the, like Sandro, like, like, tr- like trimming out. fat. It'd be a whole like, yeah. Trim fat exodus. Yeah, you. I mean, the biggest one that I could think of is maybe Bremer leaving. Maybe. But what mean? about uh, this guy who's actually on Juventus? You may not know, Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think Pogba might be used to not playing in the Champions League at this point, so he might stick around. I think just not playing altogether. <laughs> I don't think he knows what a soccer field looks like. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. I, I could see them kind of keeping their youth, their young talent. What I see, if it's a transfer ban, I see them like holding on to Dusan and that's what I'm saying. And Kiesa. Yeah, yeah, they have to. Like, and like, like, I don't know, would they still be able to trigger the the clause on Kane? Probably. I thought they already triggered it. Maybe. So that, that's the question, actually. Is like, know. can they trigger these release clauses if a transfer ban is in, is? Yeah, because I think that Locatelli's no Locatelli's was mandatory, but I think like they have to pay it up in January. But like, it is interesting. Like guys who have options, can they? Yeah. I, I mean, the first step that they would do is probably appeal it and try to get that into the summer. Yeah. And then load up. Exactly. And then yeah. be okay. All right. I have, we're, we're, we're about to wrap up this topic, but I have one fun little exercise for us. Of the five people on this pod, we're going to go around the pod right now. You're going to have to put each member of the pod in a, in a supervisory position at the club. And I'll give you the five positions. You have president, VP, Sporting director, manager, head of scouting. 
We're gonna go around the table. I'll give you guys a minute. I'll say mine. What is this thing? Like we're, we're it's, it's like, like a, it's like a, it's like for, our, like our, for ourselves. Yeah, for ourselves. Like of the five people that are on this pod, we're gonna fill these five positions with each of us. So hold on, I, a question: Do we want Juve to? Oh, or this is this assuming we want Juve whatever, to be successful? Whatever you want. Okay, whatever so I can, you I want. control. You control. Okay, I will troll. All right, I'm gonna go first while you guys think. Juve, uh, Julio's my president, no matter what. <laughs> Rocco's my VP. Galano's my head of scouting. Mike is my manager, and Alfin is sporting director, just so I can have superiority over Mike. It's the only reason why. Damn. Julio, I'll give, you, I'll give my reasoning. Power. I'll give my reasoning. Julio will outrageously sell the J, like, the no, J? like no tomorrow. <laughs> Rocco will have to somehow rein him in, but Julio would be too much of a troll to listen to Rocco. Mike has some very good common sense about tactics, so I trust him. But I'm going to fuck him with buying players and Galano's going to only recruit from Sicily. <laughs> I got to say, I think for the exact reason you're making Julio the head, I'm making him my manager. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. It would be hilarious. It would be like a little content. <laughs> yes, he, he played 3-5-2. Grinta, 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 Grinta. Yeah, he, he wouldn't have That's tactics. Like, He'd be like, you play with good quality. <laughs> You go into like the uh, the training room. There's like a whiteboard instead of like a formation. It just says Grinta. <laughs> Substitute. No, he put, he, put, he puts the little buttons in the shape of Grinta. He re- he expels out the <laughs> word. Substitute, substitute comes in. He goes, "What position am I playing?" Grinta, 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 Grinta. That's it. You guys know that position. famous meme of Allegri, and he's pointing to a board, and it just says on it, "Die, die, die." <laughs> oh God. But what do what do your guys' picks? Anything different from what I said besides Julio? Being oh, yeah, mine's gonna be different. What do you what do you? I'm guys? going Julio manager. Okay. I think so. What is it? What are it's manager? It's manager, president, VP, head of scouting, sporting director. I'm gonna make Rocco head of scouting. Just he's he's only going to Argentina. He's only going to Argentina. This is gonna be a meme team because Rocco would like fall in love with like three dudes that like don't pan out, and he's like (laughs) in the right system. They would have. And then he and and then he yells at Julio. Fight each other. The, wait, like, what's Julio? Is he the manager? The, the manager, manager? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Julio, uh, Rocco will be like, Rocco will resign within like an hour. Dybala will turn fifty, <laughs> and Rocco will be like, "No, we gotta bring him back. We can we, get him on a free. We can get him on a free." <laughs> <laughs> Who are your other positions, Mike? Guy, my manager. Well, you just said you Julio. Said Julio's your manager. manager. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Uh, guy, my VP, sporting director, Marco. Just because I think that I would love to see like that chaotic board of like being like Rocco scouting like everyone's the next Dybala, Marco bringing in only like Arsenal rejects, <laughs> Julio Grinting, and then I would be the head of it just just laughing. Running it into the ground on purpose. Alright, that's, that's... No, I think I think I would be I would be a good head. I feel like I'm like I can detach myself. It would, it would be one of those things where Mike gives us orders and we just do the opposite of what he tells us. It just out of spite. Um, Rocco, what, what, what's your, uh, what's your hierarchy looking like? Uh, I, I would make myself similar to Mike's reasons, the scouting director, cause <laughs> I have a keen eye for talent, uh, and I'd really be able to pick him out. Uh, I wouldn't be able to have Mike be the sporting director. <laughs> Why not? I, I can't work with him. <laughs> so we'll do... 
Uh, let's say Guy. Guy, you'll be the sporting director. Okay. There you go. Who's your manager? I want Mike and Julio to be the president and vice president. <laughs> I feel like they would fight a lot. Wait, uh, but who? But who has superiority go to president. who? Oh, okay. I'm gonna go Mike president over Julio because Julio would be like, but Mr. President, like Jay, and Mike would be like, nope. Um, Berlusconi, R.I.P. And that leaves Marco as the manager, I guess. No, Julia. Oh, yeah, you said Julia. Oh, wow, I'm the manager. I got, we're, lo we're losing a lot of games, boys. I got. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna bring back the the Milan golden days. I'm gonna put Mike as Berlusconi. I'm gonna put me as Galliani, <laughs> and I'm gonna put brain trust. I'm gonna put Rocco as Scout. Uh, um, Grinta, Grinta, Grinta as manager, and Marco as VP. Wait, it's it's, interesting. No, There's but, some agreement on me as scout and Mike as president in this <laughs> scenario. Yeah, I'm all They're over. They're just like in the troll position. Yeah, like, Julia, wherever, wherever would be most. No chaotic. one takes any of it seriously for when, Julio. It's like when I when I go bald, do you think someone's gonna make a meme of me on a bald eagle going <laughs> going oh, through the sky? <laughs> That's what I really want. All right. I think I think we kind of beat that Juve horse to death. Um, that was a great. I, I'm not gonna lie. Over myself. I wanted to say zebra so bad. That was that was a great conversation. Loved hearing all the insightful opinions from all of you. But now we gotta go. What's going on in the World Cup right now? Holy shit! What a crazy World Cup we're having right now. Today we literally just saw Germany get knocked nuts. out in the most insane fashion. Good riddance. I feel yeah. like I feel like to get knocked out. every day since the start of the World Cup has gotten more and more intense, and now it's just at an all-time high right now. It. I'm, I'm gonna go to you, Rocco, first because you're the one that's always texting the group about like all these games and scores. Like, what are your initial thoughts on this World Cup so far? Just like, it's like you see the games and you're like, it's worth playing them because games aren't one on paper. Like mm -hmm. there's been so many underdogs winning Japan. Like it's an incredible story. The fact that like, yeah, today they beat Spain, but also they beat Germany the other, you know, like, they lost to Costa Rica. They didn't, yeah. But like, it, yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, uh, Saudi Arabia, right. They beat, they beat Argentina, Argentina. to got a holiday. Like, there have been so many crazy up upsets. Uh, I mean Australia, Morocco, Australia, Morocco winning their group. Morocco winning their I think group. Morocco, like, props to them, but I think that they were just flat underrated. I think that that's a good team. Yeah. Well, Zayage is playing, which shows that he's actually a good player when he's not wearing a Chelsea jersey. Um, well, I mean, he's going to be Milan player soon, apparently. But um, yeah, no, th this World Cup has been absolutely insane. I, I've been loving it. My bosses heard me slam my table, especially when we're training for the U.S. New favorite player, Tyler Adams. I love the dude. I want him at any club that I support. New York's own. Yep. Uh, honestly, that it, it's like the two. The, my two takeaways from this World Cup thus far are one: a fully healthy France is probably two tiers above every team in this tournament. They are so freaking loaded. Um, they're missing the Ballon d'Or winner. They're missing Pogba, Kante, like. They're missing their starting center back, like, and they lost Lucas Hernandez and just replacement with Theo. Their best goalkeeper. Manian. Yeah, and Man yeah. I agree. I agree with, with Manian. Absolutely, I agree with that. And I think, like, with France, it's like they, it's nuts that they're missing those guys and performing so well. I agree. I mean, they do have Rabio, so that makes up for a lot of that. Well, Who's playing on fire? He's on fire. Right now, he's absolutely unstoppable. This dude is 
like bowling out of his mind. He's the player um, everyone thought he'd be when he was like 18, right? Yeah, now. yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, but my my like, my, my earpods uh, cut out for a sec. Who were you talking about? Rabio. We're talking about Rabio. Rabio. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I just think that like it's one of those situations where maybe it was a blessing that some of these older guys got hurt and couldn't make it because like the young talent they have is insane. Yeah, like like, like Tuka Meni has just been it's like seamless. It's just like all right, it's, plug and play. They are so ridiculous. And then the other one that makes me so sad is if Italy played was in this tournament and played like they did in the Euro, they'd be a contender. This this is this is a winnable World Cup. Like that's yeah. that's the sad thing. Barring France, France, France might be the only team where I'm just like where Italy goes into the match and I'm just like I don't like our chances here. Like otherwise. I think every single team is incredible. There's no team that scares me in this World Cup. Not one. I don't know. Brazil looks like, very vulnerable. There are moments when Brazil looks like a like unstoppable, but they didn't impress me so much in their second game. Like again, was it, what was their second game? They uh, played uh, Switzerland. Yeah, they they weren't like crazy impressive. It was a nice goal that Casimiro had. Um, they have moments though when they do like flash. But really the, nice football. The, the thing with Brazil, I, I I see why people are attracted to them is because especially like, specifically with their forward line. Usually, when you go into game, you have your starters; those are your best players, right? And when you sub people on, there's somewhat of a drop off in terms of skill. Brazil's forwards, there's no drop off in skill. They're all wow. like the forwards. I do commend them that they are good, but I think that a lot of people overrate this midfield in Brazil. That. I feel like it's kind of unbalanced and it's kind of too slow to really be in the di- in the actual good competition against teams. I, yeah, I, I honestly I look at that front line and then I look at their their holding midfield. Their, I mean their midfielders, and I'm like, it's good. And maybe it's because I'm yeah. thinking about like the, the the Brazils of old. Yeah, but like that that front line and that that midfield really don't scare me. What really is impressive about Brazil is the back and the goalie. Like they are. Freaking loaded. Well, so at the back, the back. I think it's is, one of the best defensive Brazil teams I've seen. In I a think. Long time. I think the back. Yeah, I'm hot taking. I think the back is the most overrated part about this team. No, I disagree. Because here's why. Embolo, on Switzerland, had Marquinhos and Thiago Silva in knots when they broke. Yeah, but he always plays good for Switzerland. I don't know. No, why. but okay, fine. The case may be right. You're telling me they're not going to come against a good forward that can learn to exploit a 36... I'm going to tell you right now, you find a pacey forward, put him on Thiago Silva's side. You see Thiago Silva try to catch him. In the spaces. And also... Mike, way- do you, Mike, do you see this? He's blas- he's blaspheming here. No! He's talking about our boy. I, I love Thiago our Silva. Boy. But like, let, let's put it... Let's, 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 let's call it a spade black once in a while, right? It's like... If there's it's a guy... Spade is spade. Well, whatever. How do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> a spade is black. I think I'm going to take a card. Whatever. Anyway. But... I saw with Mbolo where it's like, there's just a dead heat and Mbolo's two, three steps ahead of Thiago Silva. That's one. Two, their wingbacks, I think, are very overrated. How do you have a 42-year-old De- De- Danny Alves still in the lineup, right? Who else is the right well, back that plays? Danilo, Danilo got hurt, I think, in the first game and question, had to miss the next one. Question, um, what was the final score of the Switzerland-Brazil game? It was one nothing or? It was 1-0. No. Yeah, off of a Casemiro miracle what about shot. Game? What about the first game? Just, well, Serbia sucks. Serbia's terrible. They're low. They've so got talent. The so they're best strikers on the bench. But so you're telling me two games, zero goals. Brazil's get conceded. Yeah, but like I'm. I mean, Embolo's just good. He got diddly. Yeah, but also so, no. But I'm saying Embolo poked holes into the defense. Switzerland were also in a defensive block, and so was Serbia for most of the game. I look at that defense, and I look at Casemiro guarding the front of it. I think that might be the best defense in the tournament. 
Oh, I, so, so I think when Guy had me before, because he said it's like the best Brazil defense in a while, it's because I'd rate Brazil defenses really low Agreed. most times. Agreed. So I do think that like this is a fairly strong defense that, you know, they've been playing. I would like to see Bremer play, you know. Agreed. I guess there's still some Juve bias somewhere in there. But also I think that those other dudes are, or like at least Thiago Silva's old. Like I know he's been mm-hmm. pretty good, but he's old. And it'd be good, to, you know. I don't know. I'm also a big fan of like continuity of having like club teammates play next to each other. So if Danilo was playing next to Bremer or Bremer next to Sandro, I'd think that that would give you some more solidity. Um, are they like the best in the tournament? I don't think there's who a lot else? of good defenses to be honest. I was gonna say who else is who else is that, up? That's I, why I, 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 I think it's France. But, I think France has the best defense. I'm not gonna lie. When when Theo when Theo got introduced instead of Lucas. You saw that defense look just a lot more right, fluid. Taylor's better than his brother. No, agreed. Right? They're different, right. but agreed. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of this because it's like, why weren't they just starting Taylor on the, at the beginning? Because they're playing him. Out, they're playing his brother out of position. Because his brother play plays Taylor. in a big club, Mike. Well, also Lucas Hernandez was left back when they won the World Cup, so it's a little you know recency World Cup I, bias. I think it's a balancing, and Mbappe's not going to track back, so. Yeah, that's a good point. Put Lucas there. That, I think, is the logic. But think of how crazy overloaded that left-hand side would be if you have, like, I, I mean, now you do, right? For the next game, you're certainly going to have Teo and, and Mbappe. Like, that just is, that to me is just like your left side on your defense is getting fucking crushed every two minutes. Right side of defense, but okay. Because it's opposite wings. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> um, no, I... I but the center backs for France, I look at, I look compared to the, the the depth that Brazil has is phenomenal. Like you have, mm. you have Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, Militao, Premier. You're the one that's always been negative on Militao. I don't know where this he's newfound still, praise still is coming the, from. He still started for a Champions League winning team last year under Carletto. Like he's obviously gotten better. So, I, you know, I, I look at that. And I'm just like, you know, that that's a that's a really good team defensively. I think the French and then back you have Alisson. And Ederson, probably the top three, like two of the top four or five keepers in the world right now. Yeah, like, come on. That's my take on that. Yeah. Yeah, but Alisson is switching the gears to another South American country. I don't understand where all the pre-tournament hype about Argentina. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, God. They've looked like garbage. I know I just ran a rant about Brazil, but I'm going to tell you right now, Argentina... The most overrated team in the whole World Cup. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll sorry. Se- before, sorry. Second. Belgium was the most overrated. Belgium was the most overrated. Before we get going, yep. it's like they've sc- they scored a couple of like scree- like absolute screamers, but they needed absolute screamers to beat Mexico, and they're going to win the World Cup. Yeah. Where did I think the, the thought is that like Messi is on that team, and I think it's like. Like, was Portugal the best team in the Euros that they won? No, but Ronaldo was on that team. And I guess it's like, Messi's on the team. They have a chance to win any game. So like, I don't think that their defense is very good and their midfield's not too strong, but they have Messi. And for some reason, they have their best player who's been sitting on the bench. Don't get it. Why is Dybala not playing? I think it... Not, not to go too far down a rabbit hole, but I do think it's because Dybala and Messi play, like, they occupy the same space on the pitch, so it'd be difficult to fit them in together. So the way that Argentina's road looks like right now, it's they get the winner of the Netherlands-USA game, and then they, if they win that, they would get the winner of 
they would get one of either Japan, Croatia, Brazil, or Ghana, as the standings are currently right now, because we don't know about so the like Brazil. Say probably Brazil. So probably Brazil in the semifinals. I'm not gonna lie. I think that I think that's the better side of the bracket, to be honest. To be on. Well, uh, I don't know about that yeah, because I, I would I would want to avoid France and I, and I would. Oh, you're just, oh, you're thought you meant like better talent. No, no, no. I'm saying that yeah, better side it, of the bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say because that right side, the way I'm looking Dude, at right now, is not easy. I th- I mean I don't know if we want to get into a discussion about sides of brackets right now. We're first still trying to talk about Argentina. But- Argentina. Let's talk about Argentina. Okay. And I have nothing to add. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh McAllister. <laughs> Argentinian? Did you see what his dad looked like? Question mark. You see what his dad looked like? I I saw that. I'm just like, I was texting one of my Irish friends about this yesterday. He's Alexis McAllister, and then his brothers are like Francis. (laughs) I don't want to just say some generic Irish name, but. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to check back that quickly. He's actually good though. I've been watching McAllister. I've actually plays at Brighton. Uh, Is that where he plays? I think so. Yeah. But yeah, hit, the, the revelation for Argentina is I don't know why this kid isn't playing more. Is en- Enzo Fernandez, I think is the kid's name. The guy who plays on Benfica, who? Sorry to Hit the worldie against Mexico? Well, he hit the worldie, but also he like basically one-man showed Juve in yeah. that 4-3 drubbing. Yeah. But it's also, like Galano said, you need bangers to win these games. Mike said it. Mike said it. Sorry. I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, but yeah, do you Sorry, lose his a other se- brother's name is Kevin. Francis and Kevin. <laughs> yeah. But McAllister. You you <laughs> lose to Saudi Arabia. You eke out a win against Mexico. It took a messy, magical shot from distance to get by Ochoa. And then you had a score, you scored a fluke of a finish from McAllister to score the first goal. And then they had was it a free kick that they hit, or was it just another like free of play? I don't know. They, they played well against Poland. That they did look good against Poland. Poland was also like eleven back. I hate Poland, but that's the different. different <laughs> Second style. most steady out players in the tournament in Poland, <laughs> ten players oh. or eleven. Ten uh, players, huh? That's nuts. I actually have that stat for you right now. Uh, it has ten. Ten steady out most, players. Who has the most? Serbia with eleven. Uh, I could yeah, that, that makes sense. And then Argentina's in third. Does Vlaovic count as two? No. I mean, no. He has enough for transfer some of too. But <laughs> anyway, continue with Argentina. Sorry, I think I'm done with Argentina. Yeah, I, I think. Right. Sorry. All I've said about Argentina is bench Messi, start Dybala. <laughs> I think Dybala. They're saying he's coming back from injury. He had he had only played one game for Roma when he came back. Yeah. Um, but I I do think it's a lot of that. Like, he wants to play through the middle, sort of on the right, and that's where Messi is. I, having watched Di Maria for like half the season, more than I've ever watched him. Ah. How is it that he could play three straight games for Argentina, but when it comes to Juve, he can't play more than two? Because he only is on Juve because he wanted to like stay fit to play in the World Cup. He doesn't love the crest. Get you yeah, the he's one of the, the least crest-loving players we on got, that team. We got to fly Julio to Turin. We got to get him <laughs> in there to go in the locker room. Julio, like, I, won't, I won't go, Torino on honestly. Map. that's probably true I would not go with him I want to ask you guys who is we'll go around the pod starting with you Mike who is your biggest surprise team in the tournament so far Hmm. Hmm. I can go with Mike's narrative yeah go ahead I've got Japan yeah that's a good pick that's a good pick Oh, sorry. Forgot to mention. No duplicates. Okay. Oh, shit. Get yeah. wrecked, guys. Yeah. Why? Why? Australia is a good story. I don't know if they're my surprise, though. 
Like, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the team here that didn't get out of group stages, but Saudi Arabia like honestly impressed me. Like they beat Argentina, they looked pretty decent against Mexico. Like they pushed Mexico from a team that was ranked the second lowest team in the tournament. Pretty impressive, honestly. Or Ghana, like honestly, Ghana has like Ghana was the lowest ranked team coming into the tournament, right? No, Qatar was. Uh, I mean soccer yeah, teams. Um. <laughs> Uh, Ghana's gonna potentially like Ghana should get out of the group. That's gonna get decided tomorrow, right? Yep. So they're in Portugal's group. They look good. Uh, I don't know. Saudi Arabia or Ghana. I'm gonna go Ghana because they're actually gonna get out of the group. Okay. Galano, who's your surprise team? Hmm. So I'm stuck between two. I am too. I'm curious where uh, you go. Uh, so I have a positive. Loved Ecuador. I thought Ecuador was fun to watch. I thought they kind of got unlucky in that group. Yeah. Um, I thought they they were co- they're also I think the second or the third youngest team in the tournament, uh, so Ecuador yeah. Ecuador was fun, uh, but honestly I think my pick is Uruguay. They look terrible, they look so bad. Yeah, they they're so talented, but they're so bad. Like I, it's almost painful so to watch. Ten years ago. No, but no, but even look at that roster now. Yeah, Bentancur is goaded. Ben, no, but like. Probably a very, 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 very slightly above average player. I'm, I'm talking about the finest of margins on that one. But you have Alveda, who's in crazy run of form. They always seem to have a good... Like, Darwin Nunez, say what you want about him. He does have a good amount of goals this season. He's still the second best striker in that group. Well, yeah, you have Cavani in How there. How is Godin still playing? Because the they have no other center backs. Walk. That's the issue. Well, Where does he play club at this point? He's uh, That's a good question. He's in Italy, I think, actually. He was at Cagliari. That's what I'm saying. He might still be at Cagliari. I have no idea. I, huh, I have the list. But was, besides, besides the point, I think he went back to Uruguay or, or maybe went yeah, to Argentina. Go, continue with the point. But yeah, I think, I think Uruguay for me is... is the most surprising on, on the negative side. I think they've been very disappointed. Oh, he plays for Velez Sarsfield. Fun yeah. fact, I saw them play live when I was in Argentina. Oh. Against Newell's old boys. The easy negative, I think, is Belgium, but personally, I'm just, I wasn't very high on them to begin with. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I usually am, but this year I was just like, I, I didn't feel it. Um, I also have a positive and negative. Positive, Senegal. I think, mm-hmm. I think Senegal, without Mane, has looked... Mm-hmm. in. What's the, what's what I'm looking for? They looked creative even without the most creative player, right? It's like they're still creating chances. Sar, I think, is on Senegal. I want to make sure he plays in the Premier League. I yes. want to. He is right. Yes. He's on Senegal. He's been lighting it up down that right flank, and it's funny because he actually plays on the left wing in the Premier League. So he's used to cutting in and shooting on his right, but instead he's actually having to play the role of going out on the right and crossing it in. So that's a different context and a team. I was disappointed about, I don't know about you guys, but Germany was... Oh, well, yeah, that's easy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's easy. If I get a disappointing team in Germany. Man, that's a team where, like, six of the dudes come from the same team, and they all couldn't do it. Like, they, like they showed up for Spain, and I think that that's just because it was Spain. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like you, you pull off a performance like Spain where it's like you can argue that they should have won that game against Spain. The way that that game was trending towards the end. Like, they had a lot of chances. But you look at this team, it's like, you hire Hansi Flick, who is, when he was at Bar Munich, he looked like a robot. He was a great manager. He was a great manager tactically, and he obviously, the typical German mantra was like, no emotion until your enemies defeated was kind of the way he managed. And you have this team, like Galau said, six players at least are from Bar Munich. Most of them play in the Bundesliga. Mike said that. Jesus, I'm keeping it too. I don't know why. <laughs> you give I, a lot of I think I think I'm looking at you when I hear it. Um, 
But you have all these things. I was like, okay, this is the year Germany come out of the group. I understand Japan was going to be a tough out, but like Costa Rica, you you can't score more than that, or you can't score that earlier in the game. Well, they haven't had an out now of nine since Thomas Muller, really. Or Thomas, uh, Mario Gomez. Mario close Gomez and, and closer. Yeah. yeah, but closer only came on only will play because they want to get him to extend that record so German had the most World Cup uh, goals in a World Cup record. Let's not kid ourselves about that. But yeah, it's like Germany is usually known for having this good infrastructure of players. And now it's just like, now is a real question for Germany. It's like, do you hit the reset button type of thing, well, right? Where I it's like, like but, but they did like, that already. Go- They've tried that like a bunch of times. They tried it with uh, when they had Yogi Wu. But like my problem with Flick is that he's just like a Louvre guy, and they didn't really break that mold. They just are running a similar system with a different manager and expected everything to get fixed, and it's it's still going the same shit way. Like everyone's like, oh, they looked untouchable in uh, in qualifying, but like I don't think that they had a particularly difficult qualifying group. And, like, they looked bad at the Euros. They looked bad at 2018. Obviously, they're going out now. Like, uh, something's broken. Yeah, my, my thing was I was watching that Spain-Germany game. And, yeah, they took it to Spain. But, it's like, also, like, the skill that they displayed in that game, you ask questions, like, where was the skill the whole tournament? Like, one-touch passing, triangular formations, you know, balls in behind. Like, they did all the good things you'd want a soccer team to do against the, the big guy. But, it's like... If you just do that against the smaller team, it could be just like how you can play against Spain because Spain's going after you. When a team sits back and defends, it's probably a lot harder in mm-hmm. Germany. Maybe. I have to say, though, that guy, Rom, on the left back, he was actually really good for that team. I know he's been rumored to go to a big club, but we'll see if he gets one. But, you know, I'm going to give us a nice little nerd thing right now. Can we just like talk about how the U.S. have plugged our hot strings this whole goddamn tournament? Talk about driving us goddamn insane. Tyler Adams, dude, love him, love him. If I would be, if I were center mid, I would want to be him. Doesn't need the ball a lot. He's just there to plug holes and cause chaos. You have him, Musa, who played at Venezia. Venezia last my, year. Musa's my favorite. He, he was Valencia. at Venezia. No, he's at Valencia. He, he was you're thinking of, um, you're thinking of Gianluca Busia. Oh, sorry, my bad. See, I was, I wasn't completely wrong. I knew an American played, but yeah, he was playing really well. McKenny. Coming back from form, for coming back from injury, ah, he was real good, dude. It was good, he yeah. was really good in the England game, I thought, and I thought he he yeah. he was pretty good. You know, was, you know who's been an enigma for me that I can't figure out, Sergio Dest. He has he really good against. Uh, yeah, but like Iran. against Wales, he was just really stupid. Like a guy's dribbling the ball out of play. What does he do? Slide tackle, studs up, gets a yellow card for no reason. Like. Some of his plays are genius. And I was like, wow, great move. And I was just like, what are you doing? It's like very like 50-50. Listen, when I look at Robinson, do you not all think the same thing that I do? This guy was made to play 3-5-2 for Antonio Conte. Is that just me? Hmm. Uh, I think he's he's got good wing back. Like, he didn't look particularly great in the Iran game, though. Because he took a lot of heavy touches. And they kept pressuring. I heard matter. take on him that it was like... Yeah, but like uh, the, the take I heard on Anthony Robinson was that his first touch and his last touch are bad. Everything in the middle is great, but but the, the distribution and the first touch are trash. Probably a solid take. <laughs> Cross, crossing is not his forte. Uh, I would love I would love Musa to come Serie yeah. I think someone said uh, that he has Italian so descendancy or something like that. And apparently, like he grew up in Italy, yeah. 
And apparently all three He big, was eligible. Yeah, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, apparently the big three are Inter, Milan, and Juve are all looking at him. I think he's him better in. than McKennie. He's got more natural talent than McKennie does. He's, he's so talented on the ball. He could have played for America, England, Ghana, or Italy. And he chose freedom. Also, Tim, Tim Weah is my favorite. Oh, so good. That finishing yeah, in 12 was beautiful. Uh, the one that was offsides against Iran, I thought it was pretty yeah, good Yeah, allegedly. Too. Excuse me, allegedly. Yeah, I would like to see the replay. Still on by it. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know where his best position is. Yeah. Out wide just or... Just put him up front. Yeah. Where up front? So fast. He's so, so fast. I feel like he's... I, I don't know. I like him out on the wing. Yeah, I'm not going to... This Netherlands game is interesting because... It's Serginio weird because Dest they they Dutch. they kind of... They kind of play the same, right? Where it's like... Where the Dutch will, you know possessed and like be like physical but they don't really create anything and like the u.s we create a little bit more but we're pretty much the same where it's like very you know Durant. high high tenacity and like very like in your face about our athleticism and like our physicality so it's gonna be interesting i th i'm not I think netherlands is gettable i think they are too i think so absolutely two, two, two so. things two things i was gonna say because i said argentina won't win the world cup they're gonna win the world cup and two, I was about to be like, is anyone here afraid of the Dutch? And just for saying that, you know that this is going to be like the Wesley Schneider fucking 2010 Dutch Oh, team. take me back to those days. By the way, they showed Wesley Schneider in the stands for one of the Netherlands game. Oh, my God. Hey, You hey. talk about a fall from graces. <laughs> Holy shit. We're not here to degrade him. No, fall. I'm just saying he looks like he's off the wagon. That's it. Or on I love him. I still he's, he, he got robbed of Ballon d'Or. He got robbed of Ballon d'Or. Him or Melito got robbed. He Snyder got robbed. Okay. Snyder got robbed. I want to see how, you. You had to hesitate for a hot sec. So I think like one of the interesting things like and I, I was like listening to top like to talk radio uh, about this on the way to work this morning, but like, do you play Reina in this game? And like I heard a couple of good takes, and like I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say first. Where? So that was one of the That's, questions. Yeah. It's like, of, like, it, so it was like the only position up for grabs right now for the U.S. is that center forward position because everyone else is looking too solid. Like, well, it depends. It depends on if it depends on if Pulisic can play, right? Yeah. Because if but he's out of lineup, okay. Assuming he can, yeah. I don't think he gets in the starting. And if he can't, I wouldn't. Honestly, if he if Pulisic can't go, I put Aronson in that spot. Yeah, because uh, no, because Aronson's looked real uh, bright. He's nasty. No, because what he's Ar good, but that uh, no, but know. see, the thing is with that left side, if you bring in Aronson, one he'll track back. Pulisic plays the left side. I said Pulisic can't go. And we're saying assuming Pulisic can go. I said if he does, I oh, said if, if Reyna doesn't get it, and if he doesn't, I think Aronson still goes above yeah, him. I think that makes sense because like with Aronson, Aronson tracks back as a left wing. He he just doesn't stop running, and also. That helps that left side, especially if Rob Robinson is the guy. I don't think you need. He's that. on the right. I, uh, no, he's oh, on, Robinson's on the left. Robinson's on the left. I'm saying like you don't need a guy. You don't need a guy who's going to track back on that left side because the only runner on that is Denzel Dumfries. Like, yeah, but and he, Robinson's so, going to be with him. So the take that I heard about Reyna was like actually pretty good. It was like he's so talented offensively that like maybe only Pulisic maybe is better than him. But the only reason that he doesn't get into the lineup is because you're not sure that he can put in the same defensive shift against a team like the Dutch where like we're more than likely not going to be holding the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty good. And I think like 
for me, I think Aronson goes in there, and then I would run way in the middle for this game and try that out at least. Well, who goes on the right? Reyna? No, I'm saying, like, wouldn't you if you're going... Pulisic? Oh, you're oh, saying okay, Pulisic, Pulisic on the left, Aronson on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a fun game. I I do think you need to go with speed at the yes. tip of the 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 Cuz if you're going to be holding all the time, you need to have exactly. that the break. And, and Van Dyke say what you want about him, him having a down year this year. There's very few that could beat him for physicality. You need to kind of get past him. And even speed it's tough. Like yeah. yeah. So you need your fastest guy on him. I think that that would You got to just Kick the ball towards Delict's hand areas. The only <laughs> no, not near him. You gotta like where he can stretch it out. Like four feet away, so he can unnaturally move his hands. The only, the I, I would start way up top, and then I and then I would try to find a way to get Aronson and Pulisic together um, on the on either side or, or figure that out. I just with Reyna coming off the bench. I just want like good corners and good free kicks, but my God, they've been they're terrible. Awful. Set pieces has been terrible. And also, me and Galan were saying this in the England game. I wanted to kill somebody. I almost had an annual. How many free headers Maguire had because no one put a buy down? Me and Galan looked at each other like, if this was Italy, Bonucci and Chiellini are stabbing him in the neck and bringing him down. Yeah. Like they, they basically did that on the goal in the Euro. Yeah. They, they, they mauled him and then they got the goal. Well, they mauled everybody. It wasn't just him. They, just, they, they brought the house. But yeah, it's like you just hope that at least on this because everything else tactically, Barhalter's actually done a pretty good job, I believe. The only deficiency yeah. he has are on these set pieces. Defensively, it's fine. We have like Zimmerman had like eighteen balls in the last like fifteen minutes that he came on. I was like, I was like, okay, I was like fairly <laughs> content with him not starting because I have like an anti MLS bias, I guess. So I was like happy to see Carter Vickers get to start for a lot of reasons. Like the anti MLS bias, he plays for Celtic, the hostile crowd. Like a lot of this stuff, I thought made sense. And he's huge. Yeah, and the, but then Zimmerman came in late and like was huge, locking it down. So I don't know, like who, which two start? Because I think like Reem starts because him and Robinson are a good pair. And then who starts on the other side? I think you. I think you have to go with Vickers because like there won't be a more tense game than that Iran who, game. Who are they putting up front? Like nobody. Nobody in the Netherlands really scares me up front. Gak was it Gakpo? Gapko? Gakpo. G A K P O. Yeah, but apparently they're they're saying that him and Depay are starting to develop something. Either I don't fear either one of them. I know they probably both have a hat trick on Saturday, but I think, <laughs> but frankly, well, I don't, well, Depay's come back from an injury though. Frankly, neither one scares me for this U.S. team. I don't know, man. The, the battle's going to be that midfield. That midfield's going to be a fun fight. It's going to be a very fun fight. Yeah, I always love the memes of the what Tyler Adams does from midfield, and it's like the, the Terry Crews, like the the triple headlock he has with three guys, and it's all the names. Frankie De Young is a more talented player than Tyler Adams. No one's, I'm not referring yeah, to no that. Yeah, no one's going to debate that. But if I got to take somebody on form right now. Tyler Adams is like. I think Tyler Adams is on form. He's like He has like the three arrows pointing up yeah. on, what's it called, on FIFA. <laughs> but it's going to be it's gonna be a fun one. But to wrap the up. Tournament, sorry. Go ahead. I got one question. One more USA question. Is the tournament a success already? Or do they need to beat the Dutch for it to be a successful tournament? I think it's a success because a lot of what uh, the big question coming in was how was USA going to one style of play and two, how would they fit up to the big guys? 
the only big guy we really played was England, but for most of that game, it was either evenly contested or slightly in the USA's favor. So, and they play a style that actually can work. So you have that, and this is the youngest team in the World Cup. Like they, the they, average they age out of it, it's like they're all children. Yeah, the average age of this team, I think, is twenty-four because you have like two guys over the age of thirty on this team. Like the fact that they got out of the knockout stage with all the tenth games that they played against England and against Iran. I think it's a win no matter what. I think now everything else is just bonus points. So I'll say that like it's a win in that I think they did what was expected of them. Um, if you look at the FIFA World Rankings, which typically don't mean much, USA is the second. You know, was the second highest rated team in the group. Um, and like on paper, I don't know. I thought you that we should get out of it, and we did. So I think like having achieved expectations is like a big step. Um, so I think like if if they lose to the Netherlands, as long as it's not like a slaughter, then it's you know pretty good. We've done our job. But if they win, I think that's then it's just gravy. And even if they get past, even if they don't get past the next round, just like winning with these young guys who are going to be in their prime for the next World Cup in America, like I think that's I think I'm in line with that take. Like I think like I'm like. They did the job that is expected of the United States at this stage in their soccer development. Like, yeah. if they go out, there's no shame in that. They did the job that they needed to. For they it just to can't be a get successful tournament. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that we will, man. I, don't I think, think it's we gonna will. be fucking tight. I think it's gonna be a tight it's game. Got- and like, hey, I'm bullish. We're going through. I just watched this video of Walker Zimmerman saying the same thing. He said, "We're going through." Oh no! I, I don't see I don't see goals in this. To be I, honest, I, th- I, I have nil nil penalties. Bro. I think no, it's gonna be nil nil pens. Six of them. It is gonna be nil nil pens. I'm a, I'm a He's pro. a good shot stopper, right, Marco? Yeah. Oh, in, Matt yeah. Turner. Oh, in, ter- Matt Turner. in terms of value, <laughs> in terms of evaluating the the U.S., I think if if you look at it at halves, like in terms of their performance per half, they played five out of six great halves. The worst half that they had was, was that second half yeah. Welsh game. That was horrid. Yeah. But otherwise, I know they played England great. For, they should have won that. They should have won that game, and that's yeah. probably why I view it as a success because they ah, they sure. hung in there with the big boys. They I thought they dominated the Iran game. They didn't put the goals in the back of the net, but I thought they dominated it, um, especially the one that's that's politically charged as that one. So, I, I I would say that's a success just based on that. Just real quick, I will the Iran game, real quick. I liked something that Burhalter said when they interviewed him, like right after the game. He was like, "This was a great game for us. Like the first half, we showed like what we can do playing, and like we showed our abilities. And the second half, we showed like our determination and that we can dig in. Mm-hmm. And I like that. That I think tells the story of that game really well because like the first half, there were chances everywhere. In the second half, like I thought maybe they buckled down too early, but like they buckled down and were able to hold it. And like yeah. it was, you know, they it was an onslaught. So. Getting through that, I think, is is also big. All right. Now I got a fun little segment for us. We're going to try to predict all the way to the final All right. right now. Let's do this. I gave you all the spreadsheet. Just look at the knockout stages with your names. What I want you guys to do is I'm going to go one by one. We're gonna, you're going to give me the whole bracket. You're going to fill it on, on the sheet that I gave you. You're going to say into the mic. And you're going to send it to me. I'm going to record it all. Because if I sit here and try to record everyone's individual pick, 
It's going to be forever. Wait, 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 wait. We're picking our brackets right now? Yeah. I got a question though, but yeah. What's not decided yet? So, the bottom the bottom two. Those are based on... So Portugal, Switzerland, Brazil, Ghana yes, are not decided. Are so, not decided yet. So are we assuming that those are the teams that are in it? Yeah. Let me, but let me see how those I are, about that. Well, so Brazil's already number one in their group. Portugal's already number one in their group. Those who have already qualified. And they have like plus three goal differential. Because I don't think... Honestly, think- like it's exciting that there are teams that have no, like, you know, no right is hard to say, but like no expectations. I love that you've got uh, Ghana against Brazil. I think they could. Well, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of potential for upsets. So here. if you want, if you want, if you want to change those, go right ahead. You can change those. I either. am going to change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just audibly say into the mic. And then make the change on the sheet and I record it all because I have a point system for what's going to happen. So same rules, correct, perfect score and result, three points, correct result, one point, incorrect result, zero points. But if you get each matchup right, you get a point and that point can be added to your city A predictions. Okay. So it makes it, you know, you have to be a little so we're careful. We're going to get a huge advantage on Julio right now. I'm, I'm about that. Yeah. That sucks because I was going to go big upset heavy. So, hey, man, you could be right. You could be right. Who knows, man? All right. So who wants to who wants to go? For, I'll give you guys a couple minutes and I'll audibly say mine. That way it gives you guys time. Right, what do you got? So I got USA being Netherlands 1 nothing. Are you typing into the Excel thing? We have to put scores also. You can if you want, but what I'm doing, I'm doing it audibly in the pods. That way, I can just go back, listen to it, and, and you'll do it. And I'll you'll do, do it, it into the sheet. Okay, good. So, USA one nothing, Argentina two nothing. That's a fun one. Japan two one, Brazil three one, and then I have USA versus Argentina. Argentina zero zero in pens. Brazil one two one against Japan. And then I have Brazil beating Argentina and getting into the final. That's one side of the bracket. Other side of the bracket. England one nothing. France one nothing. Spain two one. Portugal one nothing. That's the most Portugal score line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Sue is scoring. Um, then I have France three one. I think they're going to demolish England. And then I have Spain versus Portugal. Ooh, that's gonna be a good match. I love that. I love that rival- the Iberian rivalry. Portugal four three. Because that game always has like random Whoa. goal lines to it. Yeah, Ronaldo, whenever he goes up against Spain, dude, defenses. whenever he goes against Spain, it's he's a different animal. Yeah. And then, so you have a France. I have a France Portugal semi, and I've been high on oh, Portugal. Euro, okay. I'm gonna go Portugal one nothing over France. I like Portugal in the final. So you have an all Portuguese final. Yeah, all Portuguese speaking. Yeah, that's what I meant. All Portuguese speaking. Now, who's my winner? 
The Akitara now is already wrong. I already know it's wrong. <laughs> um, no, I'm riding the train. Might as well. Portugal so- won nothing. Ronaldo gets the crown. <laughs> That's what it is. Can you imagine for like a legacy? Okay, hold on. If I get if I get all of these right, some that scores, but if, just like matchups, just, right? Can we just quickly hypothesize if Ronaldo wins a World Cup? Is greatest he the, ever? Is he the greatest ever? Greatest ever? I think so. There's there's um, no way, there's no way around it. It's hard for Messi to keep our, you know for the argument for Messi to keep going if he he won one Copa. Don't forget the finalissima. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Uh, all right, yeah. all right, Galan, you go. You want me to? Okay. I just said Galan, go. You want me to go? So I made a couple of changes, and you'll yeah. see. Uh, just started like once. Do what I just one side. Yeah, I'm gonna go side. with you. I'm gonna go with the U.S. Score. over the Netherlands. I, give me scores. Give me pens. It's gonna be. Give me. One. You don't have to give me a score of the pens. Just if you say pens. no, I think it's gonna be one-one going into pens. Oh, you said you don't think there's gonna be goals. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of goals. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so keep going. Then I got Argentina beating Australia. Then I got the Croats up against Japan. Um, I have the Croats winning. Score? Give me 2-1. 2-1 Okay. And for Argentina, I have 2-1. Two, two, okay. 2-1. Two, All right. And then I have my big upset, Uruguay beating Brazil. Oh, so you have not only Uruguay qualifying. South American. Just bloodbath bloodbath and then you said you were going what score give me one nothing one nothing one nothing okay um what does Uruguay need to do to get out they just need to win no they need to win and do something else it's just to win just to win okay um they're playing against Portugal they go to four points and then can Cameroon get out can Cameroon get out that's the only one if they because I know they're playing Switzerland in that last match um, Wait, no, Cam- no, Cameroon. I'm looking at, yeah, they're in a different group. Yeah, I would say Ghana's in Portugal's group. Ghana currently need, sits second. So South Korea is the team that they need to be concerned about. It'll come down to goal difference, actually, and whether or not South Korea gets a result. Uh, if South Korea gets a result against Portugal, it could matter. But, is, yeah, does, Portugal have anything, to, does Portugal have anything to play with, or are they automatically first? They're through. They have six. Uh, they're not first, but they're that through. That might change it, though. They have a three goal cushion. Crap. Who has a three goal cushion? Portugal. They're, they're, I'm not worried about, I'm saying like, oh, it, if they're going to run out their B team and South Korea has to play the B team, like South Korea is probably going to get out of this group. You think very highly of South Korea. I don't get this. You, it's because you love. All right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Uruguay. I'm just going to stick with my guns. Uruguay is going to be Brazil. One nothing. You know what? I'll say this. Anybody coming out of that group is going to be Brazil. I think Brazil is going to be the upset, upset watch. Yeah. Okay. I'll pick any of the teams coming out of that group as the number two to beat Brazil in the first group. Okay. First round. Next round of that side. Um, the next round, I have USA versus Argentina. Argentina in a stinker, one nothing. Okay. Uh, Uruguay, Croatia. Croatia. Oh. Two one, Croatia. Okay. Um, Argentina, Croatia. Damn, am I really gonna end up with Argentina? My final after I said that they were or the Croats again, back to back final. Argentina, score Argentina. Give me two one. All right, next side of the bracket. Oh, I already mapped this out in my head. This is gonna be great. I'm not gonna. It, t- it took me a lot to not pick Senegal on this. Uh, no, I think England's gonna win handedly. 
Uh, give me two nothing, which is as handily as you're going to get with, 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 with England. England. Oh, they scored six two. Um, I think France is going to absolutely wallop Poland. Give me four one with France. I've taken so many of my fucking scores. <laughs> <laughs> this you can have duplicates for. Okay. <laughs> give me. Um, I think Morocco's good. You think Brad and Spain and on fire? Don't know. Spain is such That's a, a Jekyll and Hyde team. That was another tough one. Spain I, is such a Jekyll and Hyde team. All right, we don't got. I think this is going to be a shootout. Give me four three Spain. Oh wow! Um, Without a forward, but okay. I think it's going to be an absolute shootout. Um, then Portugal over, over Serbia. I have Serbia Ooh. in that spot. Oh, they could take us to qualify. Yeah. I got Serbia in that spot. Yeah. Uh, so Portugal going through. Uh, so you got England versus France. France 2-1. Okay. And then I got... Yikes. I'm, not gonna, I'm so confident in that 4-3 Give me Portugal... nothing. So you have the same thing I have in the, on that side of the bracket yeah. for the semifinal. Yeah, Portugal going through against France. And I'm going to put Portugal in the final too. I'm going to give Portugal. <laughs> we literally just I we got, we gave such a jinx to Portugal I, now. I got I got a Messi Ronaldo final World Cup final. This is, this, this, is, this is for the media here. This is, this is for every this, this is for everybody. <laughs> oh god. <clears throat> so, with that being said, I have Portugal winning final. Argentina did win their group, right? Because I'm making sure I did this correctly. They did. They did, right? They okay. Did. Yeah, so here's else. the thing: the one thing that miss that mixes this all up for me is Uruguay. Like, if Uruguay is that is that spot, and they beat Brazil, and then they beat Croatia, I think they handily beat. Ar- I think they beat Argentina, and I think I think Uruguay is in my final. So Uruguay. You're so high on There will be a team wearing blue and white in the final. That is insane. Just because that that side of the bracket is so weak. And the South American teams, when they play each other, it's different. It's a different Well, what if Uruguay don't qualify? Who are you guys? I think Brazil is going to be eliminated regardless. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think I agree with you that Brazil might be the first one out. I low Something weird in my gut is telling me that France might be the first team knocked out. I don't know. I have this weird like Maybe. tickle in my I stomach. Th- I think they're gonna absolutely beat the shit out of. Me. All right, Rocco, you go. What does Serbia have to do to get through? Just they win. They're playing the guy. The team. You have to consider goal differential and then head to head. Serbia is, is playing just- Switzerland, so they need to win, and then they need Brazil to get a result against Cameroon. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna put Serbia in. I have Serbia too. Damn, y'all doing my boys from Ghana dirty. Wait, no, there's a Brazil's group. Never mind. Wow. Switzerland, I'm taking. You're doing Switzerland too. dirty. Sorry. Fuck Switzerland. Oh. Uh, we should have qualified. This is tough. It's <laughs> tough, like doing these brackets, right? Because it's like I'm like I don't think Brazil's gonna necessarily win, and then I, you know, we'll see. You'll see how far I have them going. But um, <laughs> I literally had Argentina. Yeah, so, they, they suck, and yeah, they're in my final. Exactly. 
So, so starting up top, I have USA two one over the Netherlands. Wow, what is it? this is a, U, a USA dominant? Oh yeah, there's no bias here whatsoever. <laughs> the no bias, bias stops as soon as Messi comes eagle. into the picture. Yeah, that's what some people think. Um, oh, no. I have Argentina two nil over Australia. Japan two one over Croatia, yeah. and Brazil one nil over Ghana. <laughs> Then I have USA 2-1 over Argentina. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brazil 2-0 over Japan. And then Brazil 2-0 over USA into the final. This bracket, this side uh, of the bracket is definitely the better side. To it's be winnable. Definitely, it's definitely, definitely winnable. the better side of the bracket. Yeah. On the right, I've got England 1-0 over Senegal. Uh, France 3-0 over Poland. Spain, I have Spain 2-1 over Morocco, but, like, I don't feel good about it. Yeah. And I have yes, Serbia 2-1 over Portugal. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Gaetano's World Cup winners. And mine. Uh, and Marco's. And mine. <laughs> and then I've got France 2-0 over England. Spain, oh, this oh, this was with Portugal. Because I, I built this with Portugal getting through, and then I put Serbia in. I had Spain 3-2, but now I'm going to change it to Spain 2-0. I have a lot of 2-0s in here. Uh, France, I'll keep that. France 2-1, and then I have France winning. One France nil. beating Brazil. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you have France repeating. It's got the 98 yep. World Cup final repeat. Yep. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, you know what? I'm, know what I'm not trusting? I'm getting a weird vibe out of it the more we talk about this. We're giving France a lot of goals in that Poland matchup. And when, it's not like they have the best player on the planet. No, I know, but it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Did not look good. No, I know. Poland are a bad right? team. No, no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, Marco. This is, this is football. We don't know what the hell happened. My whole bracket depends on Uruguay. My whole, it, really we, it also depends on Portugal. <laughs> All right, Mike, you're the last one. Take us home. The United States. Of America, nervy one nil extra time. Victory. Oh my god! You know the Dutch are gonna. Oh, fuck I might not us make right it now. to the next yeah. round if that's the case. I might yeah, lose my, my heart, my heart might pop out of my chest. I got Messi and the boys three nil over the Kangaroos. That's it. Australia was winning that game. I got Croatia finding a way two one over mm-hmm. Japan. That's a good one. Brazil 1-0 over Uruguay. Okay. Then I've got Argentina 2-0 over the United States. Mm. Brazil 2-0 over Croatia. Ooh, that's a good semifinal. And then I've got Brazil into the final 2-1 over Argentina. How many red cards? Okay, I think most of us have that as like a semifinal. How many red cards are going to... Actually, no, when they meant the Copa America, there actually wasn't that many... I don't think there are any red cards. They're actually kind of civil. All uh, right, on to the other side. I've got England 3-1 over Senegal. Okay. France 4-1 over Poland. Espana 3-1 over Morocco. Serbia in a disgusting, hard-to-watch... Anti football 1 0 victory over Portugal <laughs> on a penalty. Um, Who scores it? Not Dusan because he's not on the pitch. You got to play to score. Um, I've got France walking over England 3 1 into the semi final. 
I've got Spain also on a 3-1 scoreline into the semifinal over Serbia. In the semifinal, I'll take France 2-0. And then I've got Brazil-France in the final. I'll take a gentleman 3-0, a repeat of the 1998 final. Oh, wow. Mbappe, two goals to get his second World Cup at the ripe young age of 24, is it? Radio yeah. three goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Totinos have the same final. You and I have different finals, but we have the same, the same winner. Win. You guys have the same stupid ass winner, though. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know why I picked Portugal? Because if they, if the coach realizes that my boy Rafael Leao has to start on the left side, oh my god, they man. are going to cleans. I thought. Do you see how nasty I am? I'm all, all joking aside. Rafael so is disgusting. so disgusting, and he doesn't even look like he's trying. And said, yeah, doesn't look like he's trying. And the World Cup, no, the like World he tried. Cup, he didn't either. He scores the goal like so nonchalantly, and then I, he like I, just doesn't do anything. Yeah. I heard the most Rocco take ever on the way home today. This Belgian no, guy, they were like interviewing him on Counterattack or whatever the show was um, about Belgium, and then he was like, oh, "You know, it's tough because." I think Portugal's better without Ronaldo, and I was just starting yes. dying laughing. Most ridiculous yes. thing ever. But he was, he was yeah. like, Leao's better than Ronaldo right now. And oh, Milan dude, that's, that's, I do think maybe the guy who was saying that De Ketelar is not mentally strong enough <laughs> to be a top player. This guy sounds like he knows a lot about soccer. Yeah. I think it's interesting that we both have, Mike, you and I both have Portugal out in the first in the, in the yeah. first knockout stage, and these two have them going to the final. So they haven't looked good. There's no evidence supporting that. Oh, so we'll Where see. We'll see. We'll see who is more <laughs> mentally inclined <laughs> at the end at the end of this tournament. So <laughs> you can't. We will see. You can't. So oh, I forgot. <laughs> oh man, but you know, I think I think that concludes. Right? Any parting thoughts, boys? Obrigado. Oh God, seriously. I'm, I'm not mentally ready for Saturday morning. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not looking. I'm not I think I'm gonna be cheering for Uruguay tomorrow really hard. Yeah. I'm gonna. That. I'm gonna walk into my. I'm gonna walk into our office because me and my brother share an office. So I'm gonna walk in. He's gonna have like white and blue pom poms and have the sun just pasted on his face. I'm gonna randomly be. He's like, "Viva la Uruguay!" All right, but well, I, uh, of one of the most underrated interplayers of, of all time, Diego Forlan. Yeah, for like one month in 2010. Great hair. Yeah. That's true. But, we did great hair. Uh, I think that does it for us, boys. We out. All right. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate it. It was a fun pod. You know, we get to rip on Juve for a half hour, and we just, you know, we hung out, talk about the games, talk about our, our, the freedom that we have. You know what I'm saying? Thanks, Julia, for not showing up. Thanks, Julia, for making this a fun pod. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs> but until next time, guys. Ciao.